Good morning. This is Corey Steiner, and we are back for our weekly podcast. Today I have Ashley Mickelson. She's a 4-5 math teacher, and we're going to talk about mass customized learning and what that looks like in her classroom. So, Ashley, thanks for being here. And why don't you tell me about first your career? Give us a little background about who you are. Um, well, I went to uh, school at NDSU, but through the Valley City State program, so I was in Fargo through all of that. After I graduated in 2006, I subbed for a few months and then found a job in Arizona, in a town called Baghdad, Arizona, which is a small copper mining town. Um, and I split that class up halfway through the year in a first grade classroom of 33 students that I went down there and uh, taught down there for two and a half years and coached. And then we had our son down there and decided to move home. And we got our job up here at Northern Gas. So 33 kids in the classroom, first graders? Yes, they were wall-to-wall desks on both sides, so we split them up. <laughs> wow, that's, that, I can't imagine the chaos that yes. it would be. What have, you, what have you coached over the years? Oh, I've coached elementary girls and boys, junior high girls, and assistant varsity, so JD. Okay, so you've got a ton of experience. With yes, I've coached for 14 years before I had to give it up. Okay. Uh, in Northern Cass, Everybody's had an opportunity, or at least will have had an opportunity, to travel down to Harrisburg, South Dakota, to look at what customized learning could be. Can you tell me what did you see at Harrisburg that was like, ah, that that's kind of a cool little thing? It was incredible. The ownership that the students had in their learning, being able to say exactly what they were working on, how they were moving towards proficiency in those different skills, and what they had to do to master it, and if they had to master it, what they were doing to go back. And reteach or the other students were that headmasters that were teaching the students. Um, so just with the pride and the ownership that those students gained from being in charge of their learning. When when you watched the teachers down there, what did you see that was different or even what did you see that was the same with with what we do maybe? It's very student led and that's something at our school that we've done for a long time. It's been very student focused and the teachers are facilitators. Uh, their teachers down there are awesome at facilitating just getting the kids going. They might have a small whole group before, but then they split off, and the kids are just coming up for their coaching sessions on the different skills that they need. So it was awesome and very flawless to watch it all work. And did you get a chance to talk to any of the students down there? Yes. And what, what was that like? Like, what grade level did you get to talk to? I believe I talked to all the different ones, okay. second through fifth grade. Uh, the second graders, to hear a second grader talk about the learning target that they're working on or which standard they're working on and that they're buddied up with a fifth grader and that it's okay because it's what's best for their learning. Uh, I did get a chance to talk to one little girl and I asked her how she likes this format. She said, well, I kind of struggle. And I said, well, how come? Well, I don't really do my work during the day. <laughs> I said, okay, so what does that mean for you? I have to take a lot of learning opportunities at home. And I said, all right, so are you working on that? Yeah, I'm trying to do my work in school better. So just that they can acknowledge when they need to take those learning opportunities and that it's not homework and it's not frowned upon, but the kids just have those opportunities to continue their learning. Yeah, I, 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 I love hearing that learning opportunity because, you know, that's what we try to get into the minds of our students and our parents is that everything we're doing here, it's not about punishment, it's not about homework, it's about here's an opportunity to better yourself. And I think that's a big climate culture shift with MCL, would you agree? Yes, absolutely. Um, just in my classroom that I've seen since I started it, this amount of students that do it at home now because they want to just keep going, 
there's one student that I have that I can't get the units fast enough because she'll refresh at night until I put a new unit up and she'll do it that night. So just to see their excitement in this. So you came back from Harrisburg, you were excited. Uh, why did you think, I want to do this? Um, especially in math this year as being the math teacher, and it's in all subjects, but math, one is very sequential, so I saw very easily how this fits into math and how I could build it right away. But also math, there's such a wide range of students and abilities. So to try to teach math to 22 students is difficult mm -hmm. because you have a wide range. So I saw immediately the effects that it would have on my kids to be able to have them at their level and not be just teaching to the middle or trying to fit in all these small groups to pull them up. Yeah, and, and I think you make a great point because the gaps that exist when kids come in are just going to get bigger mm -hmm. if we keep trying to do this with the traditional model. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, so I come to your classroom. Tell me, what's it look like? How did you set it up? You know, and I know that's a big question, and well, we can take it into chunks, but what's it, what's it going to look like? How would, how would it run? Well, when you walk in, the kids are on, they have an iPad, but that's not the sole basis of it. They're not just being on the iPad. The iPad is just their tool to work through the different steps. Um, so their unit is set up in four different areas, and I set it up the same way as Harrisburg with the how they labeled it, just because I didn't want to come up with new names. So they start with I Learn, and in the I Learn is where they're watching videos that are already made for whatever target they're on. So multiplying fractions, they have multiple fra uh, videos that they're watching. Once they have taken notes on all those videos, they go into the next folder, which is I practice, which is games or task cards or sheets that they're just practicing their skills. And that's usually when the students are coming up to me for the different coaching sessions. Um, and we work through the different problems. Sometimes when I see a whole group of them that are struggling, then I have a group mini lesson up at the front so that I can cover the basis of all of them. And then after they get through all their eye practice, they go to voice and choice. And this is the part they really like because they get to show their learning in any way that they want. There's different apps that they've made. Some have made um, different videos where they're teaching or eye movies to trailers. And they just get to demonstrate their learning for me before they take their eye mastery test, which they test then for their proficiency. Uh one of the things you mentioned, and, and I think this is important because we, we had, there are some misconceptions about mass customized learning that it is just a device. As long as the kid has a device, we put that out in front of them and then they go. Would a device be comparable to the older times of a textbook? Yes. Yep. It's just the tool that we're using. Yes, it sometimes has the videos on there and stuff, but after the videos are done, it's just the tool okay. to have the stuff in there. Uh, the, that's good to hear. Uh, the other thing we hear a lot of is that the teacher can now just kind of sit at their desk and, and not do anything because they don't have to do any teaching because it's done all other places. So I, what would you tell people that think that's the case? No. <laughs> um, it was funny, my uh, field experience student I had him yesterday, she was just, just asking me how I keep track of all of it because I have so many students in so many different levels. And so you're busier, but it's more one-on-one. -on -one. So now I'm able to actually know where every single student is in their math. And I've talked to uh, the sixth grade math teacher where I said, after this year, I'll be able to tell you specifically what each and every one of your students knows and doesn't. They might not all be at sixth grade math, but at least you'll know where they stopped. Yeah, I, I just think there's great power in that. Uh, I, I believe, from my perspective, as I've done some research on MCL and I've went and seen it in multiple schools, is 
I think it, it requires more of the teacher, and I think it just requires taking skill sets that a lot of us already have and just refining. Yes, absolutely. What, what have you seen from the kids at Northern Cass because of this change? It is baffling. I really didn't know what they would do um, when I put this in, but now when our timer goes off at the end of the day, they're actually groaning because math is over, which you don't always get in a math classroom. Um, and then also when they master their tests, when before you would give them a test back, they would look at it, put it in their folder, and it meant nothing to them. Now they know that it means they get to go on to the next unit and they get to erase their name and they cheer every single time. Mm -hmm. Every student that once they hit that mastery, they're super excited. So you see that pride that they're now taking in their learning and the excitement of moving on and seeing themselves move forward. Yeah, you get rid of some of that stigma of math. You know, I'm guilty of that. I'll say to my daughters, oh, I, I, I wasn't great in math, and I, I know better to say that because it gives them an out. Yep. Uh, but now you've given that opportunity. I, I love that idea of like kids are celebrating and, and saying I, that's just fantastic. Do kids still struggle? Yeah, yes. Uh, it doesn't cure everything in education. Um, we still struggle. There's still the students that you know you're going to have to keep track of and make sure that they're on task um, and checking in with them. And that's been something that I've learned as we've gone through this. Um, it has not been perfect in my classroom since the beginning. There's been pitfalls, but that's where the kids know that we're working through this together. And I'm very honest with them when something's not going right, and we just work through all of it together. Uh, that, and that's, I think, important for people to understand about MCL, too. It's, this is not a silver bullet. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a, a really strong strategy. And when it can be done pre-K through 12, that's where those gaps will really get reduced. Uh, I, yes, I, I'm thrilled to hear that. What about the kids that want to go fast? Um, that is, I have a few of those right now that are cruising through math, and like I said, she, one of my students, she'll just keep refreshing at night to get through the next unit and keeps ahead of me. Um, so what I have her do sometimes intermittently is doing some project-based lessons where she then has to apply what she's done and put it into a project. Um, her next one that she'll be working on is um, a field trip to space and she'll have to build her own suitcase that measures volume because that's what the unit she just finished. So just trying to get some um, higher order thinking past just the units and some application in the real world. Uh, and, and what is your scale for grading? Um, I use the um, one, two, three scale where a three is proficient and that's what they're trying to attain is the three. And so when they turn in a test to me, if they haven't gotten most of them right, then they get a chance to work at it again. If um, they come back and it's still kind of the same mistakes, then I'll go back into eye practice and assign them some more practice so that they get a chance to really refine it and work with me before they take the eye mastery test. And then they'll go back and take another version of that test. So it's, it's real time use of assessments. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that's, and that's a big shift because I, you know, when I taught, I gave them the test, just like you said, and they looked at it, and then we just moved on. And it didn't matter if kids were ready to move on. We just went on. And, and, and that doesn't work if we're truly about kids learning. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, and that's how I'd always taught, too. Or even, you know, in the past few years, you would see them, and you would try to catch those kids up that maybe hadn't reached the mastery, but time constraints, you just, well, we got to move on. We're here now. I don't feel that pressure of the time constraint. 
So let's let's say now at the end of this year, you're going to have kids that might be at a, a sixth grade level ready to go into certain things in math. You might have kids at a fourth grade level. Mm -hmm. uh, do those kids stay back in the classroom or what, how can they approach that? Well, I think as our whole school is shifting towards customized, being able to give that next math teacher this information, that will help that teacher to build their curriculum because they will know, well, I'm not going to just jump into this if over half my class is not ready. So it's helping move into customized without all of us jumping in head first, that it's now it can slowly roll itself out. Yeah, I, you know, we've always we've always talked out here in any place I've ever been that we've got to be, find a way to communicate with the people above us and the people below us, and this is actually a way to do that. Yes, absolutely. So you've got a life change coming yes. here, so do you want to share with us like what, what's going to be different next year for you and your family? Um, something we didn't ever foresee happening is uh, we will be leaving the district and moving closer to some family, and so I will be I'm in the job hunt right now to be moving down to the Alexandria area. Okay. And then tell me this, I guess the other question I have is like, what what's Northern Cast given you? Why, why have you like to be here? I have loved to be here. This school has been um, my home and my family. The biggest thing is they let me be me and I have always been allowed to jump off the deep end and do some crazy things in my classroom and I've always had support of my teachers, my administration, um, and they let me try things and it's okay if I fail at it as long as you know I can figure out how to make it work in my classroom and it's been so awesome to have that support. Uh, I know that you know you're obviously moving on, and I don't say it for a lot of people, but I, I think I put it into the letter. It will be a devastating loss for our district. Uh, Ashley, you're truly a distinguished teacher, one of the very best I've ever seen. Uh, but the beautiful thing is, is I always tell people, at least we had you here for a time because the impact that you're going to have on kids and on all of us will stay forever. Uh, so. Thank you for being part of the podcast, but more importantly, thank you for being part of Northern Cast. All right, have a great day.